welcome in Ben. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? <laughs> I am super excited. So the <laughs> caffeine is going up, the mood is going up with the spirits, and today I have a new game for you today. Okay. Oh, so let's go. We're gonna have to work on the one dollar, Bob. <laughs> 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 That's more of a shame than the game in itself. Okay, so <laughs> it's a working title, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep messing with this. And I need some sound effects, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, as production values increase. But for right now, we're gonna call the game to jam or not to jam. Okay, that is so the <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> so basically, I looked up a bunch of bands because I'm a huge fan of music. Who isn't right? I don't even know why I said that. But going back to my show days. There was always bands that had biblical reference. So the game is, I have six six potential band names. Okay. And you have to guess if it's an actual band or not an actual band. Now, the band may or may not be Christian. Seeing about Christian things have Christian themes. Yeah. But definitely the title has some sort of biblical reference. All right, let's go. So <laughs> round one. Oh, does that work? Oh, wait, wrong audio. <laughs> Two people are fighting in the background. Sorry, people. <laughs> we'll kill that. Okay. Number one. <clears throat> to jam or not to jam? Disciple. True band. True band. All right. Yes. You already got that. Do you know of them? Have I've you heard, heard of it before. You heard? Oh, yeah. okay. That was, <laughs> no more Google. Okay. <laughs> Number two, Judas Priest. True band. True band. Yes. I believe they're from the 70s, 80s. Never was a huge fan. I know one of their songs, like for sure. But um, other than that, oh, uh, breaking the law, was okay. that Judas Priest? Oh, you know. know. Okay. Sorry, my pop culture is especially once you get past like 1999, it goes way down. All right. So I think this is the sound effect I was going for. Here we go. There, there we go. All right. All right. Round three. <clears throat> so we already covered disciple, true band, Judas Priest, huge band. Number three, Rapture Away. Rapture Away. I'm going to say not true. Band. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, that was easy. <laughs> Got that one. <clears throat> number four. Here we go. For those of you playing along, he got number one, number two, number three. We went Disciple, Judas Priest, Rapture Away. Actually, not a band, but I thought of that the last minute, and I thought it was kind of, <laughs> kind of a good one. Number four. Flyleaf. Flyleaf. Yeah. Mm, I don't yeah. I'll just say not a true band. Very true band. Oh, okay. One of the best ones out there actually. And so I saw them um uh, actually and I don't know if this is true or not. I saw a video so I don't know if she's back full time but their lead singer um they were all Christian based I believe out of Texas. And I saw them for the first time at this festival in 2010. I was there to see a band at that specific stage called uh, the Dirty Heads, I believe. Okay. And they either came on before or I think right after. And I was just super excited to see them as well because I kind of heard them more around. They were amazing. So it was just, oh. And then I saw them at Sacramento too at the Boardwalk Rocks. Oh, okay. And so that was an even cooler it was only like i think they allowed like 200 people in there so it was like a really small more intimate show but definitely definitely have they're an amazing band so love that one number five gerald dubois and the holy holy holies um i'll say not a real band <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> don't ask me where, where i got where i got that from but but man that was i had a good time coming up with that one all right but <laughs> 
if I ever learn, uh, what does that even sound like? Is that more like jazz fusion or something? Gerald Dubois and the Holy Holy Holy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even know, man. <laughs> I just picture us right now about like seven years from now. We're going by like New Orleans or something. <laughs> and you see a bill and you're like, oh my goodness, man. Look look who's number three on the lineup. Gerald Dubois and the Holy Holy. I'm like, oh. Sounds like a really bad Southern Gospel group <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> All right. And number six, rounding out the game, Judah and the Lion. Oh, man. See, I could see that as being the name of yeah. some band, but I could also see it as see this is where make up. This is where my That's good mix of one. humor and, and non-humor came in to where Rapture think, Away was a false one. I think I saw an advertisement on Facebook. So I'm going to say they're a real group. They are a real okay. group. Oh, man. <laughs> you knocked it out of the park, man. I have to come up with better better fake names in this thing. But what a way to start the show. So We, we should try that sometime. Like uh, just have us or people write in the name of a fake yeah, band. Try we, to fake uh, us out with it. <laughs> Dude, that's because I was going to talk to you about that too. They have uh, polls and ways to interact with uh, listeners on Spotify so they could easily be a question like yeah. be attached to this episode when we load what it. would you name your Christian band yeah, what would something? You, <laughs> that would be perfect but I, you know what I'm sticking by Gerald Dupont <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like I love that one all right so going back to all seriousness which is what we are all about here on Old Sinners New Saints what do we have for the topic of the day yeah, so we're continuing our series on godliness and specifically looking at distinguishing characteristics of different men and uh, like the most distinguishing thing that makes that person godly. So today we're talking about Joseph, one of um, my favorite characters from the Bible, and I've been studying a lot in Genesis this year, so I'm excited to talk about, talk about Joseph. And I think really uh, there's a lot of uh, great characteristics in or godly characteristics in his life, but really looking through the scriptures at him, I think we could talk about distinguishing him as his loyalty to God in some really hard, hard situations. Um, so, wanted to talk about Joseph's distinguishing characteristic and godliness is his loyalty to the Lord. All right, start us off. What's the first bullet point you got? So Joseph starts off uh, following the Lord in his just obedience to his father. Uh, his dad, Jacob, uh, was not wise in his parenting in that he really favored his son, Joseph, um, over his other ten brothers at the time. And so he had Joseph do some some hard things. He, like, he would... His brothers would be out, you know, miles away taking care of the flocks, and they're probably in their, you know, 30s maybe. And here he's, you know, maybe 16 or younger. And so I can imagine being in my late 20s, early 30s, or somewhere around there. And, you know, here comes your brother who's like half your age, and you know he's got a report on you to dad. That would not be yeah. um, an enviable position to be in. But, in spite of his dad's um, bad parenting, he still obeyed and did what God wanted him to do, which was to obey his dad and um, look after his brothers in the way that he was supposed to do. So 
He Which remained we, loyal to God in a hard situation. We definitely talked about the plug, a shameless plug <laughs> for our own show. If you go back and listen to what it means to be a son according to the Bible, yeah. we'll listen to that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just need to chime. I had nothing to chime in there. But no. about the parenting, um, I did read in the Genesis. So I saw some some in the Bible that I have, it talked about more like a cloak or like a shirt. Other ones say it was more like a jacket. Yeah. Can you talk more about that? Because I thought that was... I mean, talk about like you. How about like you just said about the envy of the brothers? Like he puts him in charge. Yeah. Now all of a sudden he has like the best looking clo- like jacket. Yeah, we <laughs> we don't know exactly what it was, but <clears throat> we know back then it wasn't easy to get a dying things was expensive, so um, not everyone had a a cloak or tunic or whatever it was that was multicolored. Um, so. Apparently, Jacob gave Joseph a special piece of clothing, and it probably signified his position as, you know, prominent in the family, um, as the his, his his favorite, and maybe even his position as okay, this is my heir. Um, yeah. So that definitely made it harder on him. Not really his fault, but um, you know, you just can imagine again, his brothers are not happy. They think that the oldest child should be the heir, not the old, the firstborn of this other wife. So yeah. that's, it was tough. No, I can, I can't relate uh, like a hundred percent, but I remember from, uh, as a wedding present from my mom to my dad, she got him this car that he really liked and it's actually parked out back. We're trying to fix it up getting running again. Oh yeah. But it's a 1967 Pontiac Firebird convertible. Nice. And one of my ear well, nice now, but one, <laughs> of, one of my earliest memories as a kid was people coming up to me that were um much much older than me, old enough to be my parents, definitely older brothers, siblings, cousins, whatever. Yeah. Just straight out of nowhere saying like you don't deserve that car. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And it's like I didn't even have reference of like inheritance Right. How I was going to get it, whatever. Right. But, you know, they were, they knew that eventually it was going to be passed down to me or maybe my dad said it, but it wasn't to my knowledge. Right. But I just remember, I'm like, why am I getting this hatred for something that hasn't even yeah. taken place? Jealousy, yeah. And throughout mm-hmm. my whole life, like, there's been times where I really cared for the car, like, really saw, like, more symbolically. But 90% of the time, I did not want the thing because of that stuff always floating around. It's oh, like wow. they tainted it Man. before I even got it. Yeah. And and that's what I associated with it with like from the age of five or six. And they, and I was just like, if these people that are supposed to be my family and, and caring for me are, are hating me essentially because of something that I haven't even received or yeah. I'm going to receive. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't want to receive it then. Right. Yeah. And then there was other stuff like involved with it. Like a, a funny story was my dad for my 16th birthday, he drove it in the in the house I was staying in and put balloons on it. And like, you know, was like, hey, like the old like, yeah, how they used to do like, hey, it's your 16th birthday present. Right. I think I drove it for three to six months. And as the story goes, my stepmom would say he did not sleep for three to six months. <laughs> I kid you not. He shows up at the door one day. It, I thought someone passed away. And he goes, and and like, he, he was not acting like himself. Yeah. And I was like, hey, come in. How's everything going? And you could tell he was totally distraught. Like I said, I, I thought 
someone major in the family passed away, something happened. Yeah. You know, my stepmom wasn't with them. I was like, hey, is Ernestine okay? Like, what? Like, what? I'm trying to guess. And he goes, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to need to ask for the car keys back. I'm like, what? <laughs> so he he gifted me the car <laughs> and then took it back. And this is where it's been ever since it's in his house. And I'm just like, I always try to like, like with the like gifts that he gives me or something, not everyone. Yeah. But every time we're in a good mood and we're flowing like father and son, he'd be like, hey, you know, I, I, I got you something. It's like a flashlight or a new pen or whatever. I'm like, oh, you got to take it back in six months. <laughs> and he'll like start laughing. So. Man, I just <laughs> no. I think you bring up a really real, real life example of what Joseph's brothers were probably feeling. You know, like here, this kid comes along after we're all grown up, and uh, we thought we had this all worked out, and now all of a sudden, dad is all about him. Yeah. Um, you know, his the dad's life is ra- wrapped up in the boy's life. The Bible says, and you know, the firstborn Reuben, he's all of a sudden like, wait, I'm not you know, firstborn anymore. Now this kid is, and you know, all, so yeah, it was, it would have been a really tough, tough family situation. Oh, I'm now that we're, <laughs> it just dawned on me. Thank goodness. He took back the car and, and <laughs> I didn't get sold into slavery. Like we're going to talk where something else happened. Can you over a car? They're, like, they're like, yeah, yeah. What would be the modern version of it? They crashed it, staged the scene. Right. And they're like, yeah, yeah he's you know, gone. He's gone. <laughs> and then like, I'm off somewhere like oh what happened? you're in a truck down to Mexico <laughs> yeah, yeah I was telling you right now I'm not a Joseph I would come back with the fury and vengeance I would be, I'd be like shame on you guys you thought I was gone huh all right, all right so recap for number one and then what do we have for number two so Joseph he was loyal at home he did what his dad told him to do even though it was really hard I'm sure to be put in that position to look after your brothers when you know they hated you and then he was uh, loyal serving in Potiphar's house, um, even to the point that uh, he would disobey his his master's wife when he knew that doing the right thing would get him in big trouble. So he, he was loyal to God. Um, here he is, you know, probably 18 or so at this point, and he's taken thousands of miles away from his his parents, or probably a thousand miles or so, and and he, the Bible says he was a good-looking guy, and so um, he works hard, and he becomes the head of uh, his his boss's house, managing everything. And then his master's wife um, decides that she wants him, and so she starts talking to him day after day. Hey, come come lie with me. Hey, you know, come have a have a good time. And he continually says no. And it's interesting that his reason for saying no is I can't do this sin against your husband and I can't sin against God. So here he is, you know, no Bible, no accountability, uh, but he stays loyal to God because he loves God, which I think is so cool. And that is one thing I wanted to add and read straight from the cliff notes of my Bible. So it's 39, excuse me, 39.9. Potiphar's wife failed to deduce seduced Joseph who resisted this temptation by saying it would be a sin against God. Exactly what you just said. Joseph didn't say I'd be hurting you or I'd be seeing against Potiphar or I'd be seeing against myself. Under pressure, such excuses are easily rationalized away. 
Yeah. Remember that sexual sin is not just between two consenting adults. It is an act of disobedience mm. against God. That's and, really good. And yeah. that is where, oh, like when I read that, I had to put it down because it wasn't just, we're talking about Joseph and, and how he denied Potiphar's, wait, it's Potiphar's wife, right? That's yeah. Not, okay. Mm-hmm. Denied Potiphar's wife. But for me, the light bulb went off about all the sins I commit. And it really bugged me because it's not, it's, I know I have to grow, get better. We're all sinners. I'm, I'm faulty at so many things, but I'm trying to remember now. And hopefully this one sticks is to where, when I sin, it's not just, you know, me faltering or me stumbling or me hurting myself. Yeah. It's disobeying God. Yeah. And that held such weight. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that motivates me to just do better in the aspects that like I'm struggling with because yeah. like him, he knew right away. He's like, no, because of his X, Y, and Z was this, this is disobeying God's command. And for me, like I want my loyalty to increase to that level. Yeah. And I know this is, gonna, <laughs> I know this is going to come off like a joke, which it is, but this was real. My dad wanted dessert the other day yeah. and I'm trying to get fit, treat our <laughs> body like a temple, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be God's temple. Yeah. So I got him. I was like, ah, you know, I'll get him this cheap peach pie. And sometimes those filled with sugar are just kind of like the best. It gives you the sugar rush you want. And I was like, man, I haven't, you know, I haven't earned this. I haven't blah, 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 whatever. And as I was going to grab it, I was like, I read this and I was like, no, you're just paying God. Put down <laughs> the peach pie. right? <laughs> and then I started laughing at myself because I was like, how ridiculous is this? If God was looking down on me right now. It's like, well, he's like, man, we got people over here struggling with real issues. We got people over here. And here's this kid, right? Well, here's my child struggling to say no to the peach pie. And I just, I just had this really good laugh to myself. But that was another example of like, it's like, if I can think of it with such severity as that way, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. well, it kind of held some weight. And yeah. I, it's, you know, I want to take that to all aspects of my life. One huge one was lying. I wouldn't go around lying everywhere, right. but I'd fall in that gray area of, um, oh, it's a white lie, right? Like, yeah. And so yeah. I cut that out completely because one of the things that the light bulb went off was, dealing with one of our themes of the Bible with it, which is, uh, courage. I saw this quote and it could have been, uh, have a biblical reference or not. Don't remember, but it basically said the people who mainly lie or if you tell a lie, it's cause you're scared of the repercussions of the right. truth. Yeah. But That's if so you true. tell the truth, what are you fearful right. of? Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. And that That's never so came good. across to me that way. Yeah. No, I, I love that quote. I think that's, you know, we talk about being godly and the distinguishing characteristic of loyalty. Like that is being loyal to God to the point where you're willing to say, hey, I'm not doing this, not because, like you said, it makes me feel bad yeah. or it could hurt myself or it could hurt someone else, but because I love God. Yes. And I don't want to displease him. That's a whole nother level of commitment to God. And that's what really carries us through because you're right. I mean, you can, if you think, well, it'll hurt me. Okay. Well, I can take a little hurt, you know, like, or whatever. But if you say, no, this is, this is a sin against God. And even to kind of take it to another level is this is a sin against that God died for, Yeah, you know, like, um, 
it, it's so helpful because we and myself, you know, I try to justify my sin or excuse my sin or make little of it. But when we're striving to be loyal to God, we say, no, God loves me. God died for every one of these sins. And I don't want to do anything that displeases him because I am loyal to him. That's so important. There's a huge weight behind that. And yeah, and it's hard to kind of stomach because you used my favorite one of my favorite words the j word justify (laughs) and it's like you know it's like it's just how weird so how like how it whether it's your mind yeah you know evil spirits the accuser whoever whatever how whatever it's a combination of but when when you start having that conversation with yourself is like that's not that bad and you start having those excuses i did this i read my bible today right we recorded a show in god's name um, I was good to my parents. I was I was a good father biblically to my kids. Yeah. And why don't I boom? And then <laughs> like it's like you're it's like a checks and balances yeah, system, yeah. but it's not I deserve X or oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But as we grow in our in our quest for being loyal to God, we've gotta grow in our hatred of sin, um, and really our getting a true picture of what sin is. It's yeah. not something we can play around with or something we can tolerate. It's something that we've got to cut out of our lives. Man, it's lifelong journey talking about that one. Yes. Yeah. So, so Joseph was really loyal in Potiphar's house and uh, he did the right thing there, but the consequence was he went to prison, but he stayed loyal to God in prison. Uh, You know, we see that he, had the same work ethic, whether he was at dad's house or Potiphar's house or in the big house. He's there like pleasing God. He's the Bible says that the chief of the prison put him in charge of everything because he saw that he was he was good at what he did. And when he had the opportunity to help people, those two men, the butler and the baker, had a dream. He told them the truth. And he gave God credit for the dreams that were uh, he was able to interpret. And then he asked, he said, hey, remember me to Pharaoh because I'm in this place. I shouldn't be here. Yeah. And they don't. He stays in prison longer, um, but he's, he remains faithful to God. And how do we know that? Well, because the next time we see Joseph is when he gets called out of prison to stand before Pharaoh. And uh, he has the opportunity to tell Pharaoh what's going to happen. And in that conversation with Pharaoh, it's really interesting that Joseph doesn't take any credit for the interpretation of the dreams that are going to save Egyptian civilization and really the whole area around him. He keeps saying, you know, I don't interpretation don't come from me. These come from God. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. He's bringing it back to God all the time. He's not upset at them for forgetting him. He doesn't have an axe to grind. He just says, this is what God's going to do, and this is what needs to happen because God is trustworthy. So he was loyal to God, even to the point of, you know, in the worst positions in prison to the best positions where he could have it all, he, he kept that loving loyalty to God. Man, I would love to shake his hand because that <laughs> that's, I don't want I mean, it's it's just 
to have that level of loyalty is just something to strive for immensely. Going back to what you said about his work ethic and how he carried that mindset everywhere, that is not easy by any means. Oh, no. Like, I remember, like, yeah. <laughs> my whole trials and tribulations with Sutter, and I'll openly admit this now, had the worst work ethic. I would have fired myself a long time <laughs> ago. <laughs> but then when I started working for UPS, it was like, okay. And, and I started what, talking with you and trying to um, essentially, probably like without you knowing or knowing, it's like, okay, restructure my life, right? Restructure my mind, my spirit, how am I thinking? Right. Let's focus it and filter everything through this Bible. Well, that part came up, right? Or at least it dawned on me to where it's like, okay, if I act this, if I want to act this way, why am I just going to act this way around Ben? I, why not act this way at church? Why not become this as a father, as a kid, right? Right. Then came UPS, and I'm just like, I don't want to give my best self to UPS, right? Right. But that's not what the Bible says. It's like, you don't try to walk like my son, Jesus, like, you know, when it suits you. Right. It's like all the time. And taking that work ethic, that proper work ethic, that proper mindset, everywhere you go, the best word I could come up with, and it still is, is exhausting. Yeah. It's... Yeah, we need, you know, we need this, the help of the Spirit yes, of God. Thank- you know, every day we're put in situations that just uh, stretch us or, and I think, I know God does it on purpose, is that he, he makes life, he allows life to be difficult. Sometimes he places difficult circumstances in our way because he knows without them, we tend to think we have it all together. You know, it's like if, if life was easy, nothing bad ever happened, everything you touch turns to gold, there would be no room in most people's life for God. They would think, I've got it. So God lovingly uh, keeps putting us in, in situations where we don't know what to do, we don't have the energy, and um, the big word is, for me is limitations. God's constantly exposing our limitations to deepen our dependence on him because when we grasp that i can't do it uh, then we can say lord i i need your help i need the spirit's empowerment and it's not that you know we can maybe give the false impression in a kind of series like this that joseph was a super christian it wasn't the case it's just that uh, god worked through him in some some amazing ways so yeah Loyalty in the workplace is so hard. Work can be mind-numbing. It can be like, what's the point? This is going to be the same problems tomorrow as there are today. You know, like it doesn't matter if I work hard. They're they're gonna, um, you know, they're gonna treat me the same whether I do excellent or average. So why strive for more? Well, and it's because of our loyalty to God. We're we're doing our best not for or the paycheck or for yes. the recognition is for the Lord. So two things kind of came to mind and they're kind of off tangents, but I mean like <laughs> they're kind of off topic, but definitely relating back to the Bible. One was, let's just say the topic was how is this happening? Okay. I'll lump it in under that. So yeah. one with the kids, one with my friend at UPS named Josh, Josh, how's it going, man? So hopefully he'll listen to this, but we're trying to get things order in where we're working called the purple belt, right? Or purple box line. And 
long story short, we keep, you know, getting together, trying to work these things out and we run into troubles every day, just like you said. Yeah. And day after day, he's getting frustrated. I'm getting a little less frustrated because I'm just saying like, hey, man, like this, this will take time, right? Like we just got to take the little wins as they go. Yeah. But it's, it's over time. It's, it's a, it's a time game. It's a length time, right? And so, you know, I drop biblical references here and there. Awesome. We do bring up God once in a while. I try to bring it up more. But (laughs) when today, when I was saying just like it was today or yesterday, I'm just like, hey, man, like this, you know, let's cool our let's cool our head. I said something like, let's just cool our heads. I know you're upset. We we can only do what we can do. We can't control others. I was just kind of like spreading actual knowledge my <laughs> my mind blanked and i was just like wait what is happening like how am i of all people telling someone let's cool our heads right because <laughs> i was always seeing like how um bringing back pulp fiction and, and jules one of my favorite character like he's race car red i was always in race car red yeah like you do one thing and i'm ready to go i'm like ha ah, right i'm like the first one yelling yeah, yeah. first one screaming and i just kind of had this outer body experience where i was like wait did i just tell <laughs> someone patience am i preaching patience right and then the other one with my kids is my uh, son got this notebook and it's just like this little one from the 99 cent store. And the other day he started reciting these things to me as I was cooking. And he was just like, hey, what was you? What was it that you said about money management? Hey, what was that quote from hmm. the Bible? Yeah. And there was like it did. They just came too frequent. The questions came too frequent. And I was like, well, what are you doing? And he actually had his pen and his notebook. He goes, I'm writing down these these lessons that you're giving me. Wow. The, like. Right? Can he talk to my kids, please? Right. <laughs> but I froze <laughs> in the middle of cooking, and I was like, in my head, I was like, wait, what is happening, mm-hmm. right? Because just like you said, aha, there's a biblical connection. That isn't me. Right. Like, I am not the poster child to be to be telling someone of all other people, yeah. hey, let's have patience here. And I am not the one to be parting wisdom on my son to pass down for generations. So that is 100% god working through me mm, because i was awesome because yeah. i was just like i don't i don't understand what is happening and then my daughter chimed in and she goes oh he told us this write this down write this down now they have like this list of going and then one of them was like a teriyaki chicken recipe he added that in there but going back to joseph and bring this thing all back together just like how however god is working through myself and this family and and wherever i'm going it's just like just like Joseph, I have to give credit pointing up yeah. because like I've said, I have way more examples in, in my life of what not to do mm. than what to do. And yeah. I just thought that was internally hilarious because I was like that you should, that's what I thought of telling my son what, Hey man, you shouldn't be taking notes from me, kid. <laughs> like, like, let's go find someone better. Right. So no, but you've got the source now, Yes, you know, like the cool thing about one of the many cool things about being a Christian is you can borrow wisdom, you know, like yes. you don't have to. The The Bible says that all this stuff was written for your your growth, your your encouragement. So all the Old Testament, everything that's there, God planned it to, to be put down in writing. So, um, you know, we don't have to make some of those mistakes or if we have, that's fine. But we can see the evidence uh, of what a God honoring life leads to and what a life that doesn't honor God leads to. It's all there. So we can, especially for kids, you kids, you can borrow wisdom. <clears throat> you can learn ahead of time of what life 
will be like if you ignore God or if you follow God, because it's all there in the Bible. Like, it's all been tried, and the answers are all there. So, Joseph is loyal um, all the way to the time Pharaoh comes. Uh, He stands before Pharaoh, and then he gets the surprise of his life where he's taken from prison and made second in command. I mean, and it's not like vice president. It's like president in our, you know, modern terminology, maybe even higher. He's right under Pharaoh. He has all the power of Pharaoh to do these things that need to happen. Yet in that prosperity, he stays loyal to God as well uh, by with God's help. You know, and that's not always the case. Sometimes when someone has a ex- unexpected blessing of wealth or maybe, you know, over time their life builds up wealth or position, then there's the opportunity to experience all kinds of new temptations. And some people will turn away from the faith or um, turn into those temptations or those resources and, and rely on those things. But in that time, we don't have any record of Joseph doing that. What we have is that he gave his, his children Hebrew names, meaning that he was not absorbed into Egyptian culture. He kept his faith to God, even in the midst of a really wicked uh, country with a lot of opportunity to do wrong. He stayed faithful to God, and I think he stayed faithful to his family. He, he, they came and he tested them, but ultimately he provided for them because, as we see in the end of Genesis, is that even though they did some really horrible things to them to him, it says that, you know, you planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. So Joseph stayed loyal to God in, in how we thought about even the trials that happened to him. You know, he said, you guys planned this for evil. He acknowledged, and it's okay for us to acknowledge that there's people doing wrong to me, and they meant it for evil, but God in his master sovereignty was taking those chess pieces of evil, as it were, and working out the match in his favor, and Joseph was seeing that, that he stayed, he kept his loyalty to God by by seeing that God was at work in those situations. That, <clears throat> that is so, so awesome. So I just couldn't, I was just picturing, like, as you said, that picture and being one of his brothers, like, <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness, like, yeah. not only seeing him, but then when he dropped that line, I don't know, like, like talk about the lump in your throat type <laughs> like feeling like oh no man yeah I, I feel so bad so yeah so silly question but because um i'm still gaining my knowledge in the bible and all things christian um god talked to abraham down the lineage did he actually talk to jacob or why was jacob's loyalty to god so so up there like why was he so loyal yeah that's a really good question so um, Joseph's father, Jacob, as far as we know, they would have passed down orally what he had learned from Abraham about God. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know that they wrote any of that stuff down, but um, the stories about how God had provided for Abraham uh, would have been passed on to Jacob, and Jacob would have somehow kept those stories probably orally, um, you know, 
all the accounts of what God did for Abraham in Genesis, and he's going to pass those stories on to um, to Joseph. So Jacob and um, would have been the primary source, I, I would imagine, of passing on those stories. So their family's faith, as flawed as those guys are, and his brothers did some really bad things, um, they they did follow God, um, and we see, you know, it's interesting, if you take a bigger look at the book of Genesis, it's divided into sections that are titled, These Are the Generations Of. Oh. And this last section here uh, of, J- of Joseph's life falls under the title of These Are the Generations of Jacob. So the section, even though there's a lot of, it's like chapter... Um, whatever, 34, 35, through the end of the book, chapter 50. Um, Even though the story focuses on Joseph, the overall book really is focusing on Jacob. So Jacob did, even though he was a bad father in many ways, it seems like he did the good work of passing on that knowledge to Joseph. And God even comes to Jacob and says, hey, after he learns Joseph is alive, go down to Egypt. I will be with you there. This is my plan for you guys um, at this time. So uh, apparently um, God had these direct conversations with Jacob, and he passed that on to Joseph and his other brothers and family. Going back to our last topic of last week, I'm so I'm so thankful now that we have the Bible and people and, and stories because I don't yeah. – I, I wish <laughs> – I mean, that, that would – I, w- I wouldn't even know wh- what to think or like there's no detailed record of like like what he even I would just be uh, the only thing I can think of is I'd be freaked out. Yeah. Like what I'm wh- yeah. who's, who's what is what is happening w- with with yeah. that. So um, but no, you were going to say. Yeah. So a- I um, so Abraham's son, Isaac, um, and the Bible talks about Isaac um, meditating and talking to God. And, um, and Isaac passes that stuff on to Jacob. Jacob passes that stuff on to Joseph and his brothers. And um, that's how the knowledge of God survived at that time. I think that's instructive for us. As you were talking, you know, about sharing the Bible with your kids, we have to be doing that with the next generation to, uh, by God's grace, cultivate loyalty in them yeah. to God and his ways. Because if they don't see it as important to us, it's not going to be important to them Um so that's that's really important. No, hundred percent. And one one good thing, because uh, it's only like you know, I'm I'm trying to do better than my when what I I'm trying to do better for myself than I was last week. Compare only myself to myself. But last week when I had the kids, um, we read the Bible I think once, and then this last round we read it like four times. Nice. So it was really cool. So good. we really are chipping away at the Book of Isaiah. And what was really cool, and we were just having like a roundtable discussion of it. Um, Amadis, my daughter, uh, out of nowhere, was like, "Can I, can I, can I hold it?" And I'm like, "What?" And she grabbed the Bible for me and held it like while hmm. we were having a roundtable discussion. Wow! And I was just like, "That was like so like, it was just like the little things, right? Yeah. It, it was just like the little things to where I didn't even know she valued like the Bible. Yeah, I know like they're they're really getting into it and." They're becoming really knowledgeable and they're all in and they love going to church, but I didn't know. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That she like valued it like like that to where she was like, No, I want to hold it. And my son was like, No, I want. So <laughs> so when Emmanuel comes back, he gets to hold it while we're having a round table yeah. discussion. But I was just like, 
blown away. I was like, man, I wanted like video games and all this other stuff. And yeah. when when we're talking, when we're reading through the book of Isaiah and reading these cool quotes and hearing all this stuff, like for the first time as a family, they're like just That's all engulfed awesome. into it. I'm just like, it's man. so encouraging when you see your kids owning their faith in some ways. Like we were at camp uh, last this summer and they were helping us make dog tags, you know, oh, and right. like, um, so I was like, well, you know, put whatever to my oldest son, Holden, put whatever you want on your dog tag, you know, but, um, you know, think about what you want your life to be about. And he put yeah. God is better on his dog tag. That's awesome. Like, oh, that's, yeah. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's so cool. So yeah, it's, it's really good to see your kids embracing their faith. That's that is fun. super cool. Like, did they have like a metal press or what was Yeah. That? Like they have, um, uh, you have the dog tag and then they have each letter on a, um, stick yeah, you know yeah. like on a metal stick and you just hammer each letter in that's at a pretty time. cool so it was, it was cool no i love that so um before you uh if you can please bless us by finishing with the prayer but before that we like to say that uh next saturday is a big date in uh sacramento we have two bands rapture away and gerald dubois and the holy 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 is <laughs> performing at the civic center so <laughs> get tickets now <laughs> I'm definitely gonna have to come up with better band names because you did a lot better at that than I than I thought for sure. But uh, thank you everyone for listening. And Ben, if you can close us out with a prayer. All right, Heavenly Father, help us to be Christians that are loyal to you, and that we would be the godly men and women that you want us to be. We can't do that of ourselves. We are so sinful and limited. But by your grace, we can learn from men like Joseph to be loyal in every circumstance. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ben.